0: It's not just a woman's problem. You know, I know, and I don't mean, yes, men have pelvic floors too, but I mean women need to feel supported by everybody in the world with their pelvic health. And we're not talking about it with our mothers, sisters and friends, let alone our partners and our male friends. We need to open up that conversation so much more because the minute it's like anything a problem shared is a po- problem halved yeah at least
1: welcome to the be it till you see it podcast where we talk about taking messy action knowing that perfect is boring i'm leslie logan Pilates instructor and fitness business coach All right, be it, babe. How are you doing today? I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. I know I've been bringing on different guests with women's health and um, you're like, okay, let's say I got it. No, there's, we got to keep talking about it because until it's common discussion, we have to keep talking about it. And today's guest is one of my favorite humans on this planet. You'll hear me introduce her in just a moment, but truly she is a gift to this world, not only with the knowledge she has, but the energy she has and her mission on this planet. And if you Have a pelvic floor, which by the way, if you're listening to this, you do, (laughs) whether you're male or female, someone who's had a baby or not, this discussion is for you. And it is very important that you hear all these amazing words. And I am really excited for us as listeners, if we and people in this Be It Pod community, if we can all start to help women and men talk about and understand that you don't have to live with these things just because you had a child or just because you have this issue. Oh, well, you can keep going. No, it's just so important that we are aware that there are actions we can take. And there are options for us and you don't have to just live with it. And so Claire Sparrow is our guest today. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you will see that she is in Brad's seat and it's actually quite fun. She was here this week in Las Vegas and I've been looking forward to interviewing her all week long. This discussion is wonderful and I can't wait to hear how you share this with your friends and the actions you take at the end. up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a map, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! Hi, Be It Babes. Well, this is a very sp- special, exciting moment because today's guest is actually in person with me. And what makes it even more exciting, you'll be able to hear it from her accent, is that she doesn't even live here in Las Vegas. So we have a very special, special moment for you. Um, My guest today is Claire Sparrow. And this woman I have known for several years now, and she always brightens the room, even though most of the time, I've only ever seen her on a Zoom screen. <laughs> but what I love most about her, and I can't wait, is her mission on this planet to help so many women with something that's so common, and we can, we'll can we get into that in a moment. But Claire Sparrow, please introduce yourself to the Be It community.
0: Well, hello, Leslie, and hello, the Be It community. It's great to be here. So, I'm Claire Sparrow and I am Scottish. <laughs> and I live in the north of England in Leeds. And I have been teaching Pilates for over two decades. And I work specifically with women with chronic pelvic floor dysfunction who have come to the end of their wits, (laughs) trying everything that is recommended to them and not having the results that they want or deserve, really. And I step in and give them hope and the answers that they didn't even know were available to them.
1: Mm, Well, um, I think... I I hate that people have to get to the wits. And like, can you actually share like what brought you onto that journey? And Mm -hmm. and if if we can also why people have to get to the wits and before Mm -hmm. they can get help.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it comes as many things do when you find your mission. A lot of the time it comes from personal experience. And for me, it certainly is the case. Mm -hmm. I had my own pelvic floor dysfunction after a traumatic birth, which led to birth injury. I then had a prolapse, which I believed I could heal through movement and breath and natural processes versus surgery. And I did that. And it's amazing. And I can do all of the things that I ever wanted to do with my three children. We climb trees, we run around, we play all the games we want to do. I am not afraid of trampoline. (laughs) And so, I mean, this week I've been to the gym and done jumping jacks and I have absolutely no fear whatsoever because I've been able to restore the health of my pelvic floor. And many women don't even know that that's a possibility. So when I set to to create my program it was because more and more women were coming to me and just sort of mentioning on on the side uh, like as a secondary thing Mm. oh and also i have a bit of incontinence or oh and also i've got a prolapse and uh most of the women that started to then come to me when i was building a reputation for helping other women they would come to me because they'd been recommended to do traditional exercises. They diligently done that for a good period of time and had expected to see a result, a change, and a sustained change in that time. And unfortunately for some women, they were getting no change and for some women their symptoms actually were getting worse by doing traditional methods
1: so by traditional methods you're talking about foreign continents. you're not so like for, the, the gym but no
0: like- so traditional methods of pelvic floor training so pelvic mm-hmm. floor exercises some people might know kegels as an example in the uk we have an app called the squeezy app where you you know get reminders to squeeze your pelvic floor and uh you know and people say you know we see it in the media uh, a lot where people say yeah i'm doing my pelvic floor exercises as we speak and <laughs> And it, it, it's just not as simple as that, is what I always say. You know, it's just not as simple as that because it's part of our postural whole. It's part of our whole entire body. So to work something in isolation, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. So those traditional exercises are what people have been doing. And many people have have actually had, the women that I've worked with certainly, have, have made their symptoms worse because they're strengthening the imbalance that's there in their pelvis mm. from posture or from a birth injury. Because I don't know if you know this, Leslie, but actually 90% of women who have had a vaginal birth have a birth injury.
1: That is, so here's what's crazy to me. If 90% of women, it should... I, I, obviously not someone who had it, has had a child, but I would imagine that you leave the hospital and there should be like, Hey, and here's your pelvic floor health referral. And here's these things and here, none of that is happening.
0: No. So what, what can happen is people will get an information leaflet to do traditional pelvic floor exercise training. (laughs) So uh, that's, that's what's out there in the mainstream. Mm. And that's, that's the challenge actually that I face and other people like myself doing this work in this way is that the traditional recommendation, the, the easy route is this leaflet that's given out or a nap that you can get on your phone. And we have to remember that these are women, you know, the first occurrence of the injury, if we talk specifically about um, a pelvic floor injury and in childbirth, the first instance, they had an injury when giving birth then they've now got another human that they're responsible for. Right. So I know, even as somebody in the know, when I had my child, I it was a good six months before I started paying attention to me again.
1: Right. So right, right, right.
0: That leaflet, I probably got one and didn't even, you know, it just disappeared because right you are so intently focused on this new responsibility.
1: Well, and that's also assuming that everything is fine hormonally. So you're yeah. also like not postpartum yeah. in
0: any way Correct. so that you can even pay it to go, oh, I had a leaflet, I think, yeah. uh, you know? <laughs> Correct. And some women don't even know that they've had a birth injury or acknowledge it as uh, an injury that can be treated or improved upon. And in the way that if you sprained your ankle, you would treat that injury yeah and we're not treating pelvic floor injury because it's inside it's internal it's not seen
1: yeah it makes me well it's also it's also like they're like oh here do your kegels it's kind of like well we gave them something and yeah, it's yeah. and and what it is probably terrible is that people feel embarrassed mm-hmm. about these things because it is some the things that the symptoms of it are a bit embarrassing nobody wants to to share that they like I remember growing up the women in my life
0: were like don't make me laugh yeah 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 that is a common 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 statement don't make me laugh or you know that so many moms are avoiding the activities that they would like to be doing in their life whether it's as a mum or just a woman in the world, yeah. because of fear of what might happen if they go to the trampoline park or if they go and join a running group or if they want to ha- do an adventure like you know climbing a mountain, mm-hmm. that they don't have the the security and reliance on their pelvic floor to sustain them for those activities that they might want to do. And another piece of that is that those women who go and investigate and ask for some help are more often than not told that their pelvic floor is weak. They're told that it's weak and it needs to be strengthened. And in my experience, and even as I say it, I remember how this made me feel, I felt weak. It was more than my pelvic floor that they were saying mm. was weak. I embodied emotionally, mm. psychologically, weakness. And this is what I also see with a lot of the women that I work with, that their their life is being determined by the, yeah lack of reliability on well, the floor.
1: And as you said that, so like, obviously we have people listening going, well, it's okay. I don't need to be on a trampoline. It's okay. I don't really want to rock climb, but like, so let's exclude the, ex- mm. the activities. Mm. Um, because maybe people are like, oh, I'm okay with that. It's okay. I don't have to do that again. The fact that you just said that you embodied and you felt weak. Mm-hmm. I have, I wonder like what all of that kept you from doing that was in your life. That wasn't just chasing your kids around but like was like things on this planet that make you feel who you are
0: exactly and I think for me um I held back and had a lack of confidence and it, it affected me a great deal actually and mm-hmm. I did have postnatal depression after my first because of the whole experience mm-hmm. and being told that my pelvic floor was weak and that I would need to strengthen it even although that didn't Make sense to me even then, um, and I think that there's many women that are in the same situation where they're not living their their potential
1: mm-hmm. because
0: of this, and also just to go back to to say you know that if there are people listening who they think right now I'm okay with that, I'm okay with not doing this and that, okay now. What happens in twenty or thirty years' time? I work with women who are postnatal thirty years after they've given birth because they've not known or been able to do something about the birth injury until thirty years later, till mm-hmm. they've met me, and they've had, you know, they they, they I had a, a a client who just stopped having sex because her pain. And because her continence was affected when she did. So she just thought, that's it. Sex life is over. And she's now 68, 69. And she's having a great life. <laughs> <laughs> the, and it is, it affects every, imagine not feeling like a sexy, capable woman. Yeah. like but no. that, I, mean, I mean, and like, that's the thing, like, it keep that kind of thing keeps
1: you from like that means she's not connecting with her partner that yeah. means she's and then that the relationships
0: that, are influenced.
1: that that changes how you feel because now you don't even like that connection mm-hmm. is something that is not even you can't mm-hmm. even verbalize it that is a different kind and then that leads to other things in the relationship which bleeds into the parts of your life and it just starts to make you feel all alone yeah and we can't do anything on this planet on alone. our own we do it in community um so you said a couple things um earlier and just in case people have not Known these words? Um, Can you explain um, first of all what our pelvic floor is, and (laughs) and and um, and then also prolapse. Just because I want to make sure everyone's on the same page.
0: Sure, I'm going to answer that, and I'm also going to say that just to round up the the future you piece. So I gave the example of the client who realized 30 years later that she could do something about her pelvic floor. Also. When you go through the menopause and the hormones change, the injury that you had when you had your child then can become more of an issue. And that's when you think, oh, that not jumping on the trampoline was fine when I was in my 30s and 40s. But now, actually, the result is that I've prolapsed because I didn't do the work earlier. So a mm. pelvic organ prolapse is when an organ, so uterus for example, displaces from its natural resting place mm. in the pelvis. A lot of the time, and this is it's where language again, we talked about weakness, another language piece is that it's described as when the organ falls out. Nothing's falling out of you ever. <laughs> we're always still connected. (laughs) And this idea of dropping and falling is just not very helpful because immediately, and I even felt it in myself, as I said the words there, I could feel myself like pulling in. I don't need to pull in. My body's smart enough to do it for me when it's necessary. But what happens is that, that it creates more fear when we're thinking about something falling out of us. Yeah. Then I, yeah, I'm going to cross my legs and I'm in a bit of fear now. Okay. It's not falling, it's displaced.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: So it's all held together in this stretchy mass. And when there's been a birth injury, so we're using this as the example, but it could also be overworking your glutes, for example, mm-hmm. that this compensation has happened, it pulls. The organ out of place, out of alignment, rather than the organ of its own free will dropping. It's not. It's being pulled there by a tension and imbalance in the muscles or in the the, the scar tissue from a, an injury.
1: So that makes a lot of sense to me because, um, for example, I have the way I have the way I walk. It overworks this one part of my calf, which mm-hmm. then pulls on my tibia and it pulls on my tibia and just the way that it just twists a little (laughs) bit. And it's not like this visible thing that like, I can see it happening, but just that little tiny degree puts a little bit of pain on my knee. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with my knee. If I did an MRI, there's nothing like, there's like nothing, but if I massage that muscle, Mm -hmm. it releases and I don't have that pain. So what you're saying is either through birth injury or overworking of certain muscles mm-hmm. in the area, we are pulling mm-hmm. an organ out of place. Everything mm-hmm. is supposed to live in a very equal balance thing. It's kind of like why, I think that's why people love Pilates for it, because Pilates is all about balancing our imbalances. Exactly. But, um, okay, so that makes a lot of sense to me. So thank you for clarifying because it does, I feel less scared that like something's going to drop out of my...
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's a balancing act all the time. And I think sometimes we can think like, things just need to be fixed fixed in place still it's there and actually as you know as we go through our menstrual cycle the organs are being pushed and moved and shifting and expanding and shrinking and everything is dynamic all of the time which is why your pelvic floor to go on to answer what is the pelvic floor pelvic floor is it, it is a set of dynamic muscles So it is not one muscle. So you've got a set of three main muscles and those muscles are interwoven, almost like a French braid, you know, like Mm. a plait, okay? They're interwoven. And actually they they attach to the back of your pelvis, the front of your pelvis and each of your sitting bones in your bottom, okay? Mm. And they're meant to, At the very least, expand and lengthen three times the resting length. Whoa. So, and that happens when you squat, when you get up and down out of a chair, it should happen. What we see a lot is that because we sit more (laughs) and we sit in, you know, more of a a tilted under pelvis, so Mm -hmm. bottom tucked under, that that's stopping the fanning out, the expansion, that dynamic expansion. And if the muscles, if you think about an elastic band, right? We can all visualize an elastic band stretching, okay? It needs to stretch so it can ping back. Yeah. So that's what your pelvic floor needs to be able to do. It needs to be able to lengthen so when you cough or sneeze or jump in a trampoline, it can ping back for you.
1: Right. And so when we're sitting all the time, Mm. we are not stretching it. We're not, we're not.
0: You are shortening the posterior pelvic floor Mm. most commonly when people are sitting in that tucked in position, your tailbone ideally should be fanning out behind you when Mm -hmm. you're sitting. So you're up on your pelvis.
1: Mm. That's so fascinating. That's why I love my, my meditation chair. Somehow I need to make that my desk chair. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is so, so this is very fascinating because that is um probably the most easy way to visualize it. And I think a lot of people just think of us as amorphous, like floor that is like mm. catching things.
0: <laughs> and I will say it's actually not a floor. It's a diaphragm because it's not hard. It's not flat. It's not even parallel. It's <laughs> higher at the back than the, is it is at the front. Like it, it's just not how we visualize it. So even like using the word floor, we're living Embodying it as something hard and flat. It's not. It's like a diaphragm. It's got holes in it. it should be really flexible. yeah, it's not how we think living in it. yeah,
1: that is that is really fascinating to me. Um, okay, a couple other things that I know our listeners are gonna know because I get this question a lot. Um, and I am uh, clearly listeners, not a pelvic floor specialist. Um, but I have this question all the time, like, will Pilates help with my pelvic floor? And I, <laughs> my go-to is if the person you're working with is a pelvic floor specialist, yes, it will, but if they're not, so is is that wrong? Am I, am I undercutting other teachers and myself, or is it true that like, is Pilates on its own enough, or do people really do need to have someone who's a specialist to help Pilates along?
0: So, I mean, that. That's a big question because actually, you know, as we know, not all Pilates is the same. So not all teachers are going to teach the work in the same way. Um, I would prefer someone with a specific pelvic floor disorder or dysfunction to see someone who's whole body pelvic health informed that teaches Pilates. Pilates and using the apparatus is the best means, the best by far but only if the cueing and the exercise selection is done appropriately for pelvic health. The, if we go back to the Kegel's example, so Dr. Kegel created these exercises based on women using an internal device to stimulate the muscles, okay? And it was called biofeedback. Because there was a dysfunction there, the brain didn't know how to get the messages to the pelvic floor, so they gave biofeedback. We can give biofeedback in Pilates without going internally with a device. The exercises he did were not meant to be standalone exercises. They were to be in conjunction with the device Mm. so we just need to do things that are going to re-stimulate the the brain to pelvic floor you know the neural pathway to those muscles again and that we can do with loads of great movements with Pilates, but not by telling the pelvic floor muscles to do something.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, so if someone's saying move from your pelvic floor, that's not the same no. as
0: <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Thank not. you for
1: saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I always wonder because I would hear people, and I'm. This is not. If you're someone listening, you said this. Like, I by all, I'm not trying to dismiss you or uh, or no. anything at all. I I think that the intention is pure and there. But I would of hear it, course. and I'm like is that how it works? I haven't taken a workshop, so I don't know. So that makes a lot more sense to me. It's less about telling the pelvic floor what to do and and more about stimulating Stimulating it.
0: it. We need to give it the information that it needs to do the things we want it to do. So a lot of people will, will be avoiding jumping. For example, we can teach things on the reformer, where we can do rapid movements supine, so lying on your back, doing rapid movements that will stimulate, but it's less load. So it's challenging it less, but still in the right direction before Mm. we can get them upright. Mm. So we need to train it for what we want it to do, but in a way that it's responding naturally, because you can't, like every time you want to cough or sneeze, tell your pelvic floor to do something because (laughs) it's too slow. We know from neuroscience that by doing, uh, using imagery or using the stimulus of the Pilates exercises or, or the apparatus that we get a much quicker response than our cognitive brains can make happen.
1: Oh, I, I mean, that's, that is so true. I think like, I always say we do Pilates to do life better. And like, you know, I say, I'm just here to help people fall better is really what it is. And yeah. that really came from many years ago. I had this woman in her eighties and my people have heard my podcast before. have heard me say this, or if you've heard me on a podcast with someone's, I teach, I would teach her the marching exercise, the archival standing, like just standing there marching without shifting the weight back and forth. And she'd go, why are we doing this? And I'm like, you're doing it for a minute <laughs> and yeah. you're doing it. And she's like, why are we doing this? And I said, because when you miss a step, I want your body to know how to <laughs> catch itself, because if you always have to shift your weight to put a foot down you're not going to be able to do this and sure enough i really wish like i i feel like we put it out into the world but that next day she was out walking on Rodeo Drive she was walking down these wow. steps and these are very weird steps y'all they're very they're rounded it's cement steps and they're rounded and they're quite shallow and they're from this beautiful a uh, shopping center where the Cartier and the high end designers wow. are. And of course she's going there and she's walking down the steps and she had her hands. She had one hand in a phone, had a phone and the other hand had a bag. So she has no, no hands on a rail. That's fine. Love that. She love that. She's braving it at 80 something. She misses a step. And she said her body just took over like you can't see me if you're not watching on YouTube, but her food went doo, 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 and she went like she floated down the steps. Amazing. It is not because she told her brain, okay, cue marching. <laughs> <laughs> it is because we trained her mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. to, to know it could do these things. And, you know, um, I can't be there with you when you reach for the top shelf to grab something. But if I've taught you how to reach your arm from your back mm-hmm. so that you don't pull something, then in time you will do, your body will do that. And so what you're saying is our goal is to teach the pelvic floor how to move Mm -hmm. on its own so that when there is a reason for it to connect, it does it.
0: Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And the, we are, our bodies are smarter than our brains are. Mm. (laughs) This is the thing. Like we keep trying to outsmart our bodies and this is not sustainable. We need to, Give the body the tools, give it the resources so that it, it can heal and then be responsive to life mm-hmm. so that we can really do whatever we want to do. And it is to do whatever you want to do. You know, one of my clients recently messaged me and she was like, I just played cricket with my boys. And it was just like the the best thing that, you know, she started the program with me and That was not possible for her. She had a prolapse and it was not, it just wasn't possible for her. And Mm. now she's restored her prolapse and she just was like, I didn't even think about it. And I was playing cricket.
1: Oh, I love that so much because it really is like, it's, there are so many things we miss out on life when we are worried about what could happen. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and it's not even just about the cricket. It's about her having this shared experience with her boys. Yeah. That her boys don't look back and go, oh, my mom never played with us.
0: Correct, and that's the future of her children to Mm -hmm. see what what's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I have boys, Mm -hmm. and I educate my boys about pelvic health, so they know exactly what I do, Mm -hmm. and they can explain to other people what I do. I love that (laughs) so much. (laughs) You know that, and I, I just feel like it's not just a woman's problem. You know, I know and I don't mean, yes, men have pelvic floors too, but I mean women need to feel supported by everybody in the world with their pelvic health. And we're not talking about it with our mothers, sisters and friends, let alone our partners and our male friends. We need to open up that conversation so much more because the minute it's like anything a problem shared is a problem halved yeah at least
1: yeah i love that That's a beautiful way of thinking well and so so for people listening can people have uh can people can women who've not had a child Hmm. have pelvic floor issues and then can men have pelvic floor issues
0: of course so a pelvic floor i mean some people maybe don't even know what um the issues might be what the dysfunctions might be i mean incontinence is of course one of the obvious ones and that can be you know you could leak a bit of wee or it could be the other both incontinences are true and pelvic organ prolapse okay so when an organ displaces that's another dysfunction sciatic pain
1: is Mm.
0: uh result of pelvic floor dysfunction very, very often. Mm. Low back pain, sacroiliac joint pain can be a result of dysfunction in the pelvis. If you think about it like super basically and logically, your pelvis is in the middle. It's got this your center of gravity in it. Everything from your feet travels up through your pelvis. Everything from above travels down through your pelvis. It's like the super highway, everything is passing through there. It's a mm. massive junction. There's loads of nerves that run through there. There's nerves, so your sciatic nerve, your pedendal nerve, for example, they're really close to each other and they're squished in by loads of muscles. And if those muscles are overworking, they're strangling those yeah. nerves and then you get nerve pain. The pudendal nerve, for example, can give you stabbing pains in your vagina. Mm. Some people can't sit down, let alone have sex, let alone wear clothing that's actually in contact with them. Wow. Because the nerve pain can be so bad. And there's different specific nerve conditions that we don't need to talk about. But I think, you know, you could have fallen and broken your coccyx at some point if you fell you know if you fell snowboarding for example and hit your bum yeah. you could have a pelvic floor because you've had a little trauma yeah you know to that if you've you know if you've ridden a bike a lot male or female that repetitive strain of sitting in the saddle So I'm like picturing like the years where people were going to
1: the spin class five days a week for 45 minutes. Oh (laughs) my
0: goodness. Yeah, and there's the load is going through the pelvis, not really through the feet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's that huge, huge. People who sit a lot for work. So people who like have driving jobs, particularly Mm -hmm. because often the alignment of the seats can put a lot of pressure on. Mm -hmm. So it really isn't just women that have had children yeah men so a good kind of indicator that your pelvic floor is maybe not doing as well as it could be it's not responsive as responsive as it could be is if you're a male and you're up in the night for a wee that's not normal oh that's interesting so that is definitely something that needs to be addressed men should be getting their prostates checked as a number one and then everything's okay there then you need to be looking at the function of your pelvic floor Usually, with men, they've got much more of that posterior pelvic position, even than than women's do. So, Mm -hmm. like a tucked under, we call it tucky bottom or ducky bottom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I always would tell my clients, "I'm like, you're gonna have an old man butt." They're like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "Where it's like it's just gone." (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow! This is you know what's so fascinating to me about hearing this is like if you're listening. Some You or someone you know has a pelvic floor issue. Like that's, sure. that's basically how many people this is. And we are so concerned with what we look like. <laughs> that, oh, yes. Like we are not paying attention to making sure that from the inside out, we are supporting our functions so that we can be out there mm-hmm. engaging with people in a way that is less self-conscious. Like all I hear about when I, when I hear anything about the pelvic floor, I just think there has got to be so much mind focused on what will happen if that you're not even present at the moment with the people that you love. So therefore you can't even see an opportunity to say, hey, I want to sign up for that or I'd be perfect for this role. Like in this, uh, the reason I love to talk about women's health and obviously this affects men too, but it's like too often I see health issues are keeping people from saying, hi, I'm ready for this.
0: For sure. And women are already We know that women are not stepping up in the same way as men are stepping up. I think it's something like, you know, a, a woman will look at the the job description and if they it, it, they would have to be 100 percent, yes, on that job description, yes, whereas a man will go, "Yeah, I'm about 65 percent there, I'm totally up for this." Yes. And I think it plays into that. You know, we're already not as inclined to step up and shine, and then we add this into the mix where there are people telling us we're weak. We should accept it because we had children. It's just because of your age. There's nothing that can be done. Uh, you, The only answer is to do traditional exercises. Yeah. What do you expect? You had, you know, three children, whatever it is. But we were not being told what's possible. You know, I say that cuz I, I was literally told, well, this is just to be expected. I mean, and that's
1: like that I I keep quoting Jessica Long cuz we had her on early uh, earlier this year to talk about women's health and she said just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. No. And like t- the 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 anger that it gets inside me, where like, oh well, you had three children, as if you're like, you know what I'm
0: signing myself up for, like like Absolute this is not a trade off. No, <laughs> no, and you know, one of my clients, and I think this is it's driven my mission even further recently to to set some bigger goals because one of my clients said to me, "You know, you're the voice of hope," mm-hmm. and I and it's in that moment that I realized it is actually more than the the movement that I've created to teach people and all of the Pilates piece of it, it's actually getting out there in the world so that women know that there is something that they can do because there are so many strong voices out there saying, you know, do, just accept it <laughs> and it's just not on.
1: Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I think that's one of the things, I mean, I love so much about you, but like one of the things that that makes me, want to continue to see what you're up to is you do bring hope because i think about all the women and how you can help them because you if you're and we'll we'll take a brief moment of a break to find out how you can help how you can be helped by claire without being in the uk but the work you're doing goes beyond just the people in your community and it is even just us having this conversation Mm -hmm. you all like i'm just going to say it right now you have to be we have got to be talking to women about mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. because we need to make sure it is actually normal to say you know <laughs> i actually don't go on a trampoline like we mm-hmm. actually because so, this is why so that people can go oh hey i actually if that's not let me help you with that you know yeah. like we just i know that's such a simple way to distill it down to but we're uh, one of uh, a woman who's in the plies industry as well we were talking about um like I'm not menopausal yet, but I feel like it's probably going to be earlier for me than, than most. And she was like, here's all the things mm-hmm. that I wish I had known to do at 40. Mm-hmm. Because if I had started then mm-hmm. I would be in a better place. And I was like, oh, well, thank
0: you for my handbook. <laughs> so I can go prepare myself for this race. <laughs> Correct. And I think, you know, when it comes to pelvic cows. We need to be educating young. It's mm-hmm. why, you know I'm teaching my boys, they know, so that when they have women in their life, whoever that might be, they're able to help support and inform them. And you know, I give specific strategies to the, the women that I work with about how they can have conversations with their young children, with their mm. girls, so that we are making the effort to educate sooner rather than later. We have to preempt. Yeah. You know, and prepare.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to take a brief break and then find out where people can find you, follow you, work with you. All right, loves. It's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better Claire, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, I feel like, and you, and, and you have plenty of resources for that. So where can people find you, follow you? Um, can they work with you? Can they study with you? What, what do you have to offer? Sure.
0: So my method is whole body pelvic health, and that is where you will find me. And it's wholebodypelvichealth.co.uk. I said to Brad recently, I'm really proud. I thought hard about whether I was going to be calm or .co.uk, and I'm really proud to be.co.uk. So you can find me at wholebodypelvichealth.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram, but I'm just me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's Claire Sparrow Pilates on Instagram and I do a lot of videos there. You can also find me on YouTube and that is Claire Sparrow Pilates as well. And I do have loads of free resources there. My online course is at the website. So I have a whole massive membership course where we lead you from understanding the anatomy piece all the way to the classes, every class you will need. And within the course, we have a women's health physiotherapist who leads you through, if you have a birth injury, how to self-treat your birth injury. So we've got absolutely everything in there. And then the membership piece means that you have me to ask questions to any time in our closed Facebook group.
1: Oh, amazing. This is Very exciting. Y'all please check those things out and follow Claire. Um, Make sure you share whatever takeaways you have by tagging her and the be It pod. We'd love to hear how this is helping you or the women in your life or the men in your life who maybe are getting up in the middle of the night. Before I let you go, be It action items, bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps we can take to be it till we see it.
0: Okay, so the first thing is to talk about it. I truly believe that healing begins by talking and talking about how you're feeling about your pelvic health. We need to open up that conversation, talk to anybody who will listen (laughs) and get the conversation going. The second thing is, could we just let it go? some of the the basic things that you can do without even coming to do class or anything with me is if you know that you have a dysfunction, so maybe you've been told that you have a prolapse, that automatic response to squeeze, pull in, we'll get into that fear mode, that actually isn't helping you. So if you could just let it go mm-hmm. then you will begin to heal just by letting it go then the next thing i would say is to breathe can you breathe down there often i see with women that the pulling in prevents the breath from reaching the pelvic floor and because your pelvic floor works in direct correlation with your breathing diaphragm they need to be able to talk to each other and if we have pulled in they can't talk so once you've let it go you need to start focusing on your breath. Let the bones of your pelvis actually move when you breathe, and that mm. will work wonders for you.
1: Mm, oh my gosh, I found myself like making sure I was breathing all the way down there. I'm <laughs> like, am I am I am I breathing all the way down there?
0: <laughs> yeah, especially into the pubic bone because a mm. lot of people work a lot through their their abs and the the lower abdominal muscles weave into the pelvic floor, mm-hmm. and so if you've pulled in lots down those abdominal muscles, then that can stop the breaking. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Claire, I, I adore you, and I'm so grateful that you are on this planet and and out there sharing your work um it's just so beautiful to see and i know that um you are so many lives are going to be touched because of what you're doing thank you for being here thank you everyone for listening again please tag the be pod tag Claire sparrow pilates with your takeaways share this episode with a friend and for those of you who are like i don't understand how to tag then please just text this episode you can even just like screenshot it but there is a little way on whatever device you're listening to to actually just share it and you can text it and that is not not only does it help the podcast, but it actually is going to help women all over this world because it goes back to that be it action love talking about it. Thank you again. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast The Until Seat is a production of Bloom Podcast Network.
0: It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Crowell. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli.
1: Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing.
0: Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Cioffi.
1: Special thanks to our designer, Mesh Herico, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you
0: can't. And to Angeline Harrico for transcribing each episode so you can find it on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time.
1: Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus, they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beapod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore Tavi, and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y, to make sure you save some money on your socks, because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.